and welcome to the podcast of TechEU. I am your host, Andre Degeler. In our today's episode, I would like you to listen to an interview with Sarah Wallin, the CEO at Chalmers Ventures, which is ranked as one of the best startup incubators in the world and one of the most active early stage investment firms in Sweden. So my name is Sarah Wallin. I'm CEO at Chalmers Ventures. Sweden's most active uh, tech investor in early stage and uh, the ranked number one university incubator in the Nordics and top 10 in the world, really. And before Summer Centers, I was CEO at Almi in uh, West Sweden. Almi is like a governmental bank and, and investor. And before that, I've worked, co-founded and, and invested in startups within uh, telecom and uh, mm-hmm. tech. And you had been in Almi for a long time, right? Yeah, I was CEO at 11 years. Wow. So, so what uh, what made you decide to go uh, to, to move over to Chalmers Ventures then? Well, at Almi, I, I saw uh, all Swedish, West Swedish companies. Uh, we the, we invested in uh, uh, we invested loan company in five hundred companies every year, and I saw that the most interesting companies came was was coming from uh, from Chalmers Ventures that's why when the recruitment firm called me I thought that ah, I need to, to know a bit more about this and also I can combine the my mission uh, at Chalmers Ventures with um, a number of board assignments I have um, in addition to my operational CEO assignment so um, I could still have my uh, board assignments and have this, uh, what I think, one of Sweden's most important missions at Chalmers Ventures. So, and uh, Chalmers Ventures, so how many, like, how many startups do you invest in? How many startups do you incubate per year? What are your top line numbers? We start 15 tech companies every year, um, mm-hmm. together with some of the brightest brains in Sweden. Uh, researchers, students, and uh, alumni entrepreneurs, um, mostly from our owner, Chalmers University of Technology, uh, but also from other Swedish universities and uh, and industry partners. Interesting. And do you have any particular success stories to uh, to share? Like, what do you think are the most prominent uh, ones oh, that are coming from? Wow, uh, from that's Ventures? that's hard. We have we have lots of lots of them. Uh, we make a, a fifteen exits every year. Uh, mm-hmm mostly to industrial buyers. Uh, I think uh, one of of an an interesting portfolio company right now is uh, Madvion. They make wind towers from wood and they Mm -hmm. were just uh, Vestas, you know, the Danish company Vestas, Mm -hmm. just invested in in this company and they are now uh, setting up a full um, production line with this wooden-based wind uh, wind, uh, towers. Uh, so they make uh, much less uh, CO2 uh, footprints when they also produce the wind towers. Uh, right, yeah, now this is really interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, so is it is there a lot of like energy-related companies that you're seeing uh, coming from uh, from the incubator? So what are the main verticals for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, a lot of energy, lots of green tech companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, health tech, biotech, uh, and also ICT. Right. 
And uh, so, so yourself as the CEO then, so you joined uh, Chalmers Ventures not that long ago, right? Just this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, December last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And and how do you how how do you measure yourself then? What are what are your goals? What are your KPIs like? So you came to uh, do so like what's your mission basically? Yeah, yeah. So as like I said, I think I have one of Sweden's most important missions to lead an organization with a vision to be a world leader in in creating and developing research and and knowledge based growth companies that contributes to sustainable society. And we aim to create an uh, an evergreen fund that will make a difference forever. And the fund will enable even more technical research to go from, from lab to market and, um, and solve various uh, major societal problems while providing economic returns that can be used for the next investment that, that leads to a, to a better world. So we, we measure both our impact and, but also our uh, uh, return on investment. But I think the most important um, in Chalmers Venture strategy, which was decided last year in December when I started, mm-hmm. it says that our impact is crucial. So if we are to invest time and, and money in an ID, uh, it must address one or more uh, of the UN sustainability goals. And yeah, I, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and I personally think that the uh, exponential climate uh, impact that we see in the world uh, is creating a force for for everyone to, to change their um, business model. It's really time to get real about sustainability. Uh, so we need to um, infuse it in, in everything that we do, from the way we create new pro- products, like like Vestas now invest in, in Modvion, uh, how we deliver them, uh, how we consume them, and, and of course, how we invest our time and money. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and about returns uh, on investments. So what uh, what are uh, what are those? Uh, how's it been going on that front? Uh, really well, really. So so uh, 2020 was uh, our best year ever, and uh, 2021 will will be even better. So um, they are really great, and it's great to see that you can combine good return on investment and great impact on the society. And uh, be, so, so being a university uh, sort of owned based uh, venture uh, fund, so are you a privately owned organizations, uh, organization or your government uh, owned organization? How does it work for you? Uh, Shalmers is really private owned uh, and mm-hmm. we are owned by Shalmers Technical University. It's a, a research intensive university, continuously rated as the best known and uh, well, that's the best reputed university in Sweden, really. Yeah, and I've been I've been talking actually during Tech Barbecue as well to a few people, and it seems like um, uh, there is a big focus uh, across Europe, not just uh, in the Nordics, not just uh, in Sweden, in uh, on these. Um, valorization of the research and commercialization and spinning off uh, startups from the universities. But I see that not everyone is doing that equally well and uh, and there are obviously a lot of challenges. And But it seems to me that uh, the Nordics in general is the place where it's being done, um, let's say, better uh, than, uh, than elsewhere. So I wanted to ask, do you actually have uh, some sort of a I know a universal framework, uh, if you will, uh, for the uh, for working with these startups for spinning them off. So how do you how do you approach this in general? I actually believe that Chalmers can be a benchmark for other universities when it comes to how to create an entrepreneurial culture. The match between uh, researchers and entrepreneurs is one of the key factors behind Chalmers venture success, and that a venture creation 
environment like Shilmish Ventures uh, has been built with with capital knowledge and contacts under one roof is one of the mm-hmm. other success factors. And the university has also, for example, created um, Shelmer School of Entrepreneurship. It's a two-year international Master of Science program uh, mm-hmm. who develops your entrepreneurial ability through a combination of classroom teaching and the development of a real re- uh, research and development-based innovation project matched from Shelmer Ventures Network. So you, you, you mm-hmm. basically you start your company during your master education. So Shelmers invest a lot in, when it comes to entrepreneurial culture and programs, and they uh, continues to invest. Uh, right now, an entrepreneurial village is being built at the hmm. university site, and it's already. What is that going to be? Yeah, it's already an, an obvious uh, meeting place for for researchers, uh, entrepreneurs, investors, and uh, industrial networks uh, as a village in the campus at, at the mm-hmm. university. Well, I think Chalmers is one of the universities in Sweden, at least, that, that invests the most when it comes mm-hmm. to, um, to boost the entrepreneurial uh, culture. And do you, so do you have like a fixed, uh, fixed amount, uh, let's say, uh, uh, of uh, money that you would normally invest in a startup? What's your ticket size? Yeah, we, we, um, we take um, small stakes at the beginning uh, and invest small, likely. 300,000 Swedish crowns mm-hmm. from the beginning and then we follow the companies for maybe to, until exit and it, it might take up to up to um, like 10 years sometimes so we are mm-hmm. really a, a long-term partner with with the companies that we that we start but you don't do follow-ups afterwards yeah we do so up to uh, 15 million Swedish crowns mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah we always co-invest with with other investors. So if if we invest uh, one Swedish crown, then the external investment uh, investors uh, invest uh, nineteen Swedish crowns in general. So we always mm-hmm. co-invest with uh, with other investors. Right, right. Yeah, now that that makes a lot of sense, of course. And this stake that you take at the beginning, so this is the only equity in the startup that's going to be owned by the university in one way or the other. Or or are there some different aspects to it too? No, yeah, that's correct. So, so, so Shelmers don't become a passive owner. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead, they use uh, Shelmers Ventures as a tool to create these companies and um, and take ownership through Shelmers Ventures. Right, right. Yeah, because this, this I guess, also a bit of a problem because I, that, that's something I've heard a few times that sometimes these universities uh, they require too big of a stake and become too uh, too big of a problem on the cap table of the start of uh, basically because uh, because of this so this mm. is something that you are trying to avoid yeah yeah that's correct right and then and then there are of course the ip protection issues and uh, like uh, the fact that a lot of startups would especially research intensive startups they would stay on on premises of the university as well right so they would need to sort of use the facilities if it's something i don't know like physics or chemistry or something that they need mm. those machines that cost uh, millions of uh, euros so like how do you how do you solve all this how do you solve ip and how do you solve uh, the uh, need of using the university facilities by the startups mm. Mm. so we can we can help to finance IP and uh, also provide mm-hmm. legal support uh, through our own legal advisor. And we also prepare the company for, for future capital raising with, with co-investors. And um, we also help, help our portfolio companies, uh, companies, for example, with press releases. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and last but not least, you get your own business coach supporting, as you, uh, supporting you as an entrepreneur. 
And as you said, at, at Chalmers eVillage, uh, we can offer an, an uh, environment with uh, office spaces, maker spaces, uh, activities, meetings, and and uh, events. Uh, and and um, the premises are really crowded with some of Sweden's mm. most exciting startups who develop and inspire each other and and share their knowledge. And I must say, I. I just love to work in this environment. It's really inspiring. Yeah. So, and when the startup needs to stay on premises, uh, do you have any like special arrangement for that? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So it's very nice. So you can just basically but, give but them an office. But it's their or choice. It's their choice yeah, if yeah. they want to use it or not. Yeah. And is the IP that uh, the startup is using? Is it actually? Is it if it's actually owned by the university? Do you normally transfer the IP to the startups? How does it work? No, it's not. It's not owned by the university in Sweden. Mm-hmm. It's owned by the oh. researchers. Yeah, the researchers can can uh, can use the uh, the IP. Oh, that makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, it just no. It sounds pretty. It sounds pretty great. Like everything that you're doing, everything that uh, the, all, all the arrangements that you've got. So, all, all, what are the challenges then? What or what is it? Some what is something that uh, sort of doesn't let you sleep at night? And what's it that you're trying to solve still? Uh, well, I think the the entrepreneurs from the academic environment typically have a strong technology technological background, uh, and maybe they are not as familiar with activities related to. Hmm. <laughs> to managing and and growing their business. Uh, <laughs> what a nice way of saying that the nerds don't want to do sales. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, yeah. So reaching out to customers, uh, presenting to investor investors, uh, or managing employees may not be in their interest. So if you are a researcher who wants to take an active role in the commercialization process. We have coaches that can help you develop uh, mm-hmm. your entrepreneurial skills. Uh, we have more and more researchers who who really want to shift their career to uh, the entrepreneurial side, and and I think that's really great. And if you don't want to take such an active role, we can match you with entrepreneurs with business experience and, and knowledge uh, who joins the team. And uh, the most important for us is that this great idea uh, goes from lab to market. So, so we can, it's like founder's choice, how we make it. Right. And do you think this skills, uh, skills gap, uh, uh, is, is, it, is it getting better over the years? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the young research today are really more and more are also interested in the um, entrepreneurial side of, of um, and, and want to, to reach a market and and see that they can make an impact through uh, building companies. And do you think it's because uh, entrepreneurship being more of an acceptable career path and something that uh, people hear more about, like at the school, uh, like in school, even like uh, yeah. early, earlier in their education? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And also, like you know, the dragon nest, and and you are, you got these uh, different. Uh, media channels who's, uh, mm-hmm. who, who shows the entrepreneurial side of, of different things and how you can grow through through uh, investments and um, also make an impact. Right. Okay. And we are, we're almost there. So I also wanted to ask something uh, that I've been, again, hearing about uh, quite, a, quite a bit, that generally, if you look at the landscape of uh, research commercialization, uh, then the US-based universities are generally uh, historically doing a, a better job at that. If you, if you think about uh, Stanford and uh, yeah, MIT, maybe. So why is it uh, why is it like that do you think and uh, what do we as like european uh, ecosystem need to do to uh, catch up yeah 
as you said, from a from a historical point of view, uh, the the transition from from research university to entrepreneurial university originated from the in the US and MIT and Stanford are really early role models. I think they were the first in institutions to expand their traditional missions of teaching and, and performing research. They were the the first movers to include more applied research from uh, with commercial relevance into their into their programs. And the entrepreneurial university is still today, I think, an idea with far more resonance in the US than than uh, in in Europe. So, um, what do we need to do to uh, to catch up? I think there are five factors that interact mm -hmm. to shape entrepreneurial ag agendas within universities. First, structures, entrepreneurial infrastructures such as tech transfer offices, incubators, and, and tech parks. Second, strategies, institutional goals elaborated when planning documents and, and formal incentive structures. And that's that's a big challenge, I think, uh, still in in, uh, in Sweden when it comes to incentives uh, for researchers in their career. Third, systems, uh, networks of, of com communication and and uh, the con configuration of uh, linkages between structures and departments. And fourth, leadership, qualification and orientation of key leaders, administrators, uh, board of directors, department heads, star scientists involved in the, in the third mission to, to utilize research. Uh, we have some star scientists at Chalmers who, who st have started several companies, and I think they are really important role models in in the culture shaping uh, mm -hmm. for the university and that's the fifth and last <laughs> it's right, the culture right. so <laughs> um, and i take it that this is uh, this is also something that you apply uh, to your own to your own strategy to your own uh, growth and yeah. uh, with that in mind i wanted to ask so how actually how, how big are you actually how many people are working at uh, challenge ventures well we are we are uh, just 20 people uh, right. Yeah, so we are quite small, uh, and we have we have eighty companies in our portfolio. So we got quite a lot of companies to work with, and we also work with uh, industrial partners and and uh, uh, others who want to contribute to to our company's development. So we're quite small, but we make an, a great impact, I think. Right. No, I, I, I believe you do. And uh, this was it for my questions. So thanks a lot, uh, Sarah, for taking the time uh, to join this episode. Uh, thanks a million. Thank you, Andy. Have a nice day. And this is it for today's episode. Thanks to Sarah for joining and big thanks to you for listening. If you like our show, follow us today wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Our audio engineering is done by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are very welcome. Please send them to podcast at tech.eu. This was TechEU Podcast. I am Andrew Degler, and I will talk to you again very soon. For now, take care and enjoy your week. Bye-bye.